Blog Talk Radio. Snored. 
Well, but yeah. he always snores. No, he didn't do anything embarrassing at all. He was, you know, I warned him ahead of time. I said, look, these are my high school friends. Don't do anything embarrassing. So he didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, all right. All he right. Was good. Fine, Allie, oh. you can put Nate back on then. Huh? You can put Nate back on then. Okay, here he is. Thanks, Allie. All right, there you are. You got the lowdown on the big cruise. Five days aboard a giant floating Shoney's. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's our update. We want to do a mini meeting, right? We do. So, should we take a quick break and come back with a mini meeting? That sounds like a grand idea. Should we introduce Russ first? Because we're going to bring him into this, right? That's a great idea. Yeah. How cool is it? But uh, the host of a very long-running podcast, uh, rated number two on iTunes under the keyword addiction, Rush Shaw of Attitudes and Sexual Integrity is here today. I'm looking forward to a great conversation, and I'd like to invite Rush into the uh, into the mini meeting. And Allie just spilled her coffee. This is not a good thing. Oh, she's <laughs> all right. All right, we have an emergency aboard the SS Chevy. Allie's sitting in a pool of coffee. It's time to go to a break, brothers. All right, we'll we're right. right. Welcome back. We are up for a mini-meeting here on today's episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. We are a company of Christian men. We meet at other times in the week for fellowship, for teaching, for prayer, but today we meet to talk. And today's topic is going to be, and I just, I had a topic in my head, and it just flew out of my head. Oh, it was Words. What? Words. Words. Today's words topic is the topic. Words. Word up. Wow. Yo. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> Man, that one came from left field. Words. Word. Okay. All right. Got it. Don't everybody jump at once. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to go a little less typical here. Yeah. You did. You succeeded, Aaron. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I could start. Um, it's kind of cool, Nate, that you are in the car right now because uh, with my podcast, most of the podcasts I've done are while I'm driving around. It's like where I've done my best thinking. and wow. then uh And then words just kind of come out. So, if that helps, dude, I am reading your book, Samson and the Pirate Monks, and and it is awesome. I don't know why I haven't picked this up before. You and I have 
uh, exchanged emails in the past, and mm-hmm. it's like always been on my to-do list. And and now you know, uh, Jay invited me to be on the show, and I'm like, oh, I better get the book, man. <laughs> so, but I, I'm dude, I'm I'm like I'm taken aback by by your story, and uh, I so relate to some of the things you've said in here. Um, yeah, some of the words that were taught in in church, I think, growing up, and in, in some you know kind of Christian religious um, stuff that mm. gets, you know, like Jesus says, the 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 bad uh, yeast of the Pharisees, right? You were yeah. you were talking about you know Jesus. Hand, you were taught at a young age that Jesus makes your robe clean, mm. right? He wipes you away and washes away all your sins, but then it's your job to keep the robe clean. And I heard that, and and it almost brought me to tears because that's kind of where I was. That's kind of what I was taught and brought up with, and it's just, you know, it's such a lie. It's a a religious kind of lie that that a lot of people believe, and it just brings worldly guilt and despair, and especially for folks who have, you know, Unwanted sexual behaviors, or or any kind of unwanted mm. behaviors that uh, that tend to own us, you know. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Thanks Russ. Yeah. Well, I I'm Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Hey, I Aaron. Had, I had nothing in mind when I said the word words, except that it was not an emotion word, and so I was curious where my own heart would go. And immediately it went to this deep, convicted place of how responsible I am for my words. I think Mm. so much of my life I feel like I have right words and thus I'm let off the hook for the responsibility for what those words do especially in my marriage or to my kids. You know, the closer the relationship, the easier I let myself off the hook for what what the impact of my words do if they're right. Yeah. And truth is the biggest cop-out for a person like me. Mm. And so the word words just sits heavily on me. Uh, as recently... I've held my tongue with some conversations with my wife, though I've wanted to have the right words. I just haven't had them. Um, I haven't said the wrong words, but I've been craving right words because words Mm. are so important and they're so powerful. And I guess part of me is thankful that I'm not being too quick to speak. And part of me is grieving the fact that I probably have made people close to me bear responsibility that was mine yeah in the name of truth yeah um and, and so that's just uh yeah that that word this topic actually feels pretty heavy to me mm-hmm. uh and I think that's that's the reason so the the phrase that's not what I meant is the biggest load of crap. Uh, mm. I I think that can be brought to the table yeah. when you've crushed somebody's spirit, mm. and I, when I've crushed somebody's spirit. Uh, Amen. I've I've been convicted by um, the words somebody uh, another pastor Tim Keller was a pastor in, in New York City, and he was talking about um, spiritual humility. And that's something that's that's been kind of heavy on my soul for a while, it, just like what you were talking about with, with how, how your words have an impact on other people. And part of my podcast and part of my conviction for doing it is that something that I learned early on, and, and part of it's being in sales, I do sales for a living, but attitude changes everything. And if my attitude, if my work, if my if my heart isn't spiritually humble, like that's part of the gospel is, is having spiritual humility towards other sinful human beings in the world. And and w- when I don't have that, man, my my words can go, even though I'm right, like you were saying, well, 
well, I'm just speaking the truth and you just don't like the truth. Well, you know, that's pride and that's what got the devil kicked out of hell or heaven, right? <laughs> so yeah. it, it, it's, it, I've been really convicted by that too, you know, my own spiritual humility. But also being able to not hold my tongue and be able to communicate in a way that's not going to, you know, be received as, as being a, a pompous, you know, I'm always right kind of jerk, you know, being able to open people up to be able to talk about, you know, what's on the table rather than just kind of, I don't know, bulldoze over people, you know, because I tend to do that too. I can, I'm, I'm quick witted and I can be, I can tend to be a bully with my words. So that's what I was thinking with my words. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Well, yeah, I'm Mondo. Hey, Mondo. Um, Mondo. This is actually quite uh, good timing, Aaron. Um, as awkward as the topic this may seem to you, this is very timely. Um, I had an incident last Thursday uh, night. I was leaving work, and uh, I'm gonna. I need to preface this that there's a lot of uh, cursing in the story that I will abbreviate, so you guys are gonna need to use your imagination. Um, okay. So I can do that. Okay. Uh, sure you can, Nate. <laughs> so um I was leaving leaving work, uh going outside of the mellow mushroom, one of the uh, stairwells, going out towards the street. Uh, it's a door that can that if you flung it open you really could uh, hurt somebody if they were walking down the sidewalk. So, you know, I, I'm used to going out this door, I took my time, I peeked around the corner and it was a family walking, you know, so I I go out slowly. And the family, they're more closer to the street than they are the building, but I still take my time to go out. So I walk out the door. I start trying to shut it, and the, the, short, the door is uh, having trouble closing. So as I'm working on the door, I hear somebody yell, watch where the hell you're going, you stupid F. Wow. wow. And I, so as I'm closing the door, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, somebody's really ticked off here. You know, like, man. Like, whoever, whoever on the receiving end of that just got to hand it to him. You know, that's what I'm thinking. And so so he's, I hear it again. I closed, I closed the door, and uh, I look to my right, and there's nobody over there. And I look to the left, and this guy is looking at me. Uh, he's, pulling, he's pushing a stroller, um, has a, a child in the stroller. His wife is with him, and he has two young boys, about 10 and 12. And so I'm a little appalled that I'm pointing at myself, and he says, yes, you stupid N-word, watch where the F you're going, you stupid F. Wow. And so at that moment, those words felt like bullets. Right. Um, and, and in my mind, honestly, guys, it was go time. There was enough talking <laughs> There, there, right. was no, there was no I more talking. brother. I feel you. There was no more talking to do. I put my right. bag down, and this is this is where I totally one hundred percent lost who God made me to be. I put my bag down, and I started walking His direction. Um, and as I was walking His direction, going to basically in my mind just humiliate this dude just do whatever I wanted to do to him. I felt a fire in my chest just wanting to, you know, you know, so you just go, just almost go nuts on him. Um, his wife stepped in front of me as I was headed his direction. And he wasn't that far away, maybe about 15, 20 feet. And uh, his wife stepped in front of me and she looked at me. She begged and pleaded with me to stop. Do not pursue him. He's, he's sorry. He's mad about something else. Please don't hurt him. Don't do this. Don't do that. And so I was gentle with her. I said, ma'am, please step aside. She didn't move. Um, then I kind of went around her. She grabbed my shirt from the back and pulled me away from him. And I asked her, I said, ma'am, you need to let me go. And so she got in front of me again and literally got chest to chest with me and begged me. And her sons came over and looked right at me. And they begged me to not basically go you know, beat down their father. So as soon as they got in front of me, this this is where God really did some stuff. Now, of course, at the moment, man, I'm just, I'm in flip out mode. And I feel like I've just been shot by this guy. 
And all of a sudden I heard in my head, what are you going to do? And then I heard it again. Hey, man, what are you going to do? And she paused me long enough to be able to hear something in my head. Mm-hmm. She she kept talking to me. It sounded like Charlie Brown. I, the guy still yelling at me. All I I couldn't really hear him. I did all I heard was what was inside of my head. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the lady. She's I'm I'm basically like in a death stare with her. My chest is on fire. Um, at the point where I, you know I just want to go nuts. I look at the lady and I say my name is Amon Grimes. I work upstairs. Everyone calls me Mondo. If I go hurt your husband and I break your promise to you, I'm going to go over there and shake his hand. If I break my promise to you, call and have me arrested. Mm-hmm. I want to go shake his hand. And She said, what? I said, ma'am. And I repeated myself again. I told her, it's my name. I work upstairs. People around here know me. They call me Mondo. If I break my promise to you, call and have me arrested. Um, so she moved to the side slowly, a little apprehensive. I went up to him, and I extended my hand. And I offered to, for, to ask his forgiveness for possibly hitting him with the door if I did so. I didn't mean to. I wasn't trying to. I was, thought I was looking out around the door. If I did do that, if I did offend you, I'm sorry. I did not mean to do that. So give me your hand, sir. He wouldn't do it. So I asked him, can you please give me your hand? Let me do this. And I was very firm. I said, let me do this. I need to do this for me, and I need to do it for you. If we don't do this, it's going to get real nasty in front of your children. Let me do this. He stuck his hand out, and here's where God showed up again. He stuck his hand out. No matter After all the things he said to me, I shook his hand, and I apologized while, again while shaking his hand. This guy did a complete 180. He went from basically wanting to kill me to limp noodle, man. This guy gave me a half hug, apologizing. I'm so sorry. That is not me. I'm upset about something else. I really apologize. I'm embarrassed. I'm so sorry. This and that and the other. I said, look, man, you know what? I don't really. Okay, cool. I accept your apology. I really don't care to hear it. I, I need to apologize to you. For, for me and my family. Mm-hmm. So you just need to go. So mm-hmm. after a little bit of exchange of apologizing, he walked away. And I stood there for about 30 minutes, literally, just trying to detox my brain and my spirit and everything else. But I also realized that, man, how powerful words can be. Not, wow. just, not, not just how much he affected me, but how much I affected him with my words. Yeah. I I yeah. disarmed I disarmed him. Now I'm not giving myself credit because this was not me, bros. This was not me. This was yeah. this was totally God working in me, man. Because I wanted to mutilate this dude. But yeah. But the 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 fact that I disarmed him with forgiveness, and I really believe, and and firsthand, man, I know that it is a gift you give someone. Forgiveness, the fact that I forgave him for something that I did not even do. Man, it disarmed him. It it changed his 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 countenance. It was almost like watching the, a, a demon leave him. It was nuts, man. Mm. Wow. And and so, of course, it took me you know a while to detox. It was a major learning experience. God was speaking to me the rest of the night, all night in the morning, just about what did I what did you learn? I mean, imagine if I had if I had not paused long enough with his wife in front of me, what would have happened? Mm-hmm. You know, what 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 kind of trouble would I have been in? What how I would have humiliated myself, humiliated him, hurt him, hurt myself, hurt these kids by them seeing this go down on the street. The people around, it was busy time at Mellow Mushroom restaurant. There was a lot of people around witnessing this. So I look at it, I'm like, man, Lord, you used this opportunity to really use his evil words to turn into where I could give him words of forgiveness and love in spite of what he did to me. And, mm-hmm. and not only showing give an example to his kids and his wife and to him, but also to the people mm-hmm. that were watching, man, it, mm-hmm. it was an amazing exchange of words that honestly, I can tell you that was God working through me. 
And I'm so grateful for it because it's it, it saved a lot of people and a lot of hurt and a lot of harm. And um, so, Aaron, about you bringing this, this topic up, I was going to share this anyway, but this is the right time to do it since you said the words, because I really, truly understand how powerful they can be. So, um, I'm Mondo. Wow. Thanks, Mondo. Thanks, Mondo. Uh, I feel like we've got a David and Abigail experience there. Thank goodness for an Abigail in that story. Mm. Mm. Obscure Old Testament reference. Um, I'm Nate. Hey, Nate. Hey, Nate. Uh, uh, yeah. Thinking about words, I there is a power in... Uh, I, I think that, for me, the great gift and the great... Um, you know, power, the intimidating power of words is that they have the power to be specific, to bring a reality into focus. And um, words play a huge part in recovery, play a huge part in my recovery. I can remember going to my first meeting and not wanting to say anything. Uh, certainly not want, wanting to say, for example, you know, I'm Nate Larkin and I'm sex addict. There's no way. I wanted to say that because that would make it real. Um, I wanted to go and collect information. I wanted to listen to other people share, but I didn't want to uh, disclose what was going on in my own life, my own heart. My preference in the early days was to sit in a, go to a meeting, sit in a meeting, listen, and never say anything. I remember being prodded early by a sponsor. Buddy, you got to make it policy that you're going to talk at every meeting. And I've learned that there is, you know, there's this, it's the power of confession, whether it's the confession of sin or whether it's the confession of a conviction. It doesn't become real until you say it. Uh, the same is true in my, you know, disclosing, you know, when I, when I did uh, early step work or when I've done patchwork in Samson Society, and I've got to talk with somebody about a slip. What I would prefer to do is to remain vague and say, yeah, I had a slip. I goofed. I, you know, I went too far. Right? That kind of thing. I want to be elusive and elliptical. But a, a good friend will lovingly prod for specifics. Okay, exactly what did you do? When did you do it? What were you feeling? time you did it. Um, and there is healing power, surgical power and healing power in those words. The same is true when I'll sit down in the morning when I will take the time to put pen to paper and write out my thoughts. My thoughts can go absolutely nowhere as long as they stay in my head. They're not even fully formed until I go through the discipline of of taking these ephemeral thoughts and feelings and emotions, fears, all that stuff, and reduce them to words, put them on paper. Now, I have control over them more than they have control over me. Um, so, uh, you know, God spoke and brought things into being. And I think part of our identity as sub-creators is that we bring things into being as well, or at least into focus. We can uh, recognize our enemy when I, we name our enemy. I can recognize my defects when I describe them. And so that's the power of words. I'm Nate. Nice. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. Well, that is our mini-meeting on words. Uh, some hey, I was gonna. Stuff. I was gonna yeah. jump in there and and and, and add another thing. You know, uh, going through like Nate was saying with the uh, the twelve step model. Um, I I've had. I'm right now. I'm doing a series of of podcasts where I'm studying the twelve steps. And for me, this has been a big deal because my words in the past on twelve step. Um, have not been real positive. I've been a mm -hmm. critic. Um, I'll tell you a little of my story. I, the first time I was introduced to 12-step 
I was, I think I was like 17 and I was forced into it by the state of Washington because mm. at 16 years old, I broke into my stepfather's house and I drank what we stole all of his booze and I drank, uh, about a half gallon of Bacardi, which, which led to an alcohol overdose. Um, I, I actually died for two minutes. Um, I don't remember my near death experience. I always felt like ripped off. Like I didn't have my near death experience, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't remember most of that whole day, to be honest with you. Uh, but I just remember sitting in that meeting, um, driving, you know, to Arlington without a driver's license in my mom's car and (laughs) just, just angry arms folded, um, with that kind of attitude. Now, I guess I'll preface that with this. I had a friend who was in, uh, went to AA for um, drug addiction and he ended up committing suicide. So not a real close friend, but more of an acquaintance, but I was one of those guys in his story that he should stay away from. Right. Um, Yeah. so, So I've had these, you know, and, and I've brought up stuff, and a lot of listeners have said, you know, your, your critiques of 12-step are, are, are pretty good and, and spot on, but that doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been doing recently is really um, overcoming some of my own, you know, issues with 12-step mm-hmm. and, and really getting into it because, you know, we can bring up all the negative stuff about it, but there really is good news and there's some recent really good research from Carnes, Patrick Carnes, mm-hmm. um, who studied a thousand sex addicts and over ten years. And the ones that saw the most victory, the ones that saw the most recovery were the ones that were in twelve step, were the ones that had yeah. an accountability partner, were the ones that had guys or people around them that, you know, that would accept them as they are, with the with the full weight of who they are, <laughs> as you talk about in your book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in my in my own confession of of my words being just you know I have and it's like the Holy Spirit kind of brought this to my my mind was that my words have an impact and and I and whether I like it or not I have influence you know I'm just a pizza guy from Seattle I didn't even finish high school so sometimes like I sit back with this kind of puffed up you know pride in my own brokenness with, you know, well, I'm a mess and I'm a disaster, which, which are true, but I'm also, I'm also seeing some, some victory and I also have a voice and, uh, I'm responsible for my words, man. Yeah. And so pray for me in that, cause I'm, I'm, I'm working on this and I'm studying this stuff and, and it's, it's not new to me, but I guess it's new to me to have a different attitude towards it. Nice. Thanks, Russ. Well, thank, thanks, Russ. Hey, when we come back, I want to hear some more of your story, Russ. Well, right. Before we go to break, we've got a quick text from a listener. Oh. Uh, from lis- listener Mike texted in, Wow, please tell Mondo thanks for honestly sharing something that was deep in his heart and mind, being offended like that and wanting to beat the blank out of someone humanly justified and then allowing God to show his grace to many and to me this morning. Wow. So there's a text from listener Mike. Well, cool, listener Mike, man. I appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, me too, Mondo. That's uh, that's huge because that, you know, especially with us men, that, that emotional reaction just rises up and we see red, you know. And it's like the Holy Spirit just stepped in and you listened, you know. And and a uh, that's a powerful freaking that's a powerful testimony right there, dude. Thanks, man. And we will be right back on the Pirate Monk podcast. The only way to love a soul is in its parts and broken whole. To peer into its darkest space and offer up the deepest grace love that proves itself is true rejoices in the hardship too only love will suffer long 
sin and trouble carry on. Love hurts a deep pain and gets worse. But love remains. True love will not tally score. It only loves a little more And when all things have come apart Thus the union of the heart Love hurts A deep pain And gets worse But love And we're back on the Pirate Monk podcast, brought in by the strains of uh, our good friend Mo Leverett. And, uh, well, you've heard the voice of Russ Shaw. Many of you perhaps have been hearing his voice for some time. He's been uh, serving the kingdom podcasting for a good long while, and it's a real privilege to have him on the air with us. Russ, thanks for joining us here on the Pirate Monk Internet Radio Show and Podcast Incorporated LLC. Dude, I am humbled and honored. Humbled and honored to be on your podcast, (laughs) on your show, man. Seriously. Well, great. Hey, um, I'm curious. How did you happen uh, to develop an interest in uh, examining attitudes toward toward sexual integrity? Um, Did this uh, just come out of the blue for you? You just uh, woke up one day and thought, you know, that would be interesting. It's not anything I have any personal experience with, but it would be interesting to look into it and see if there's anything I might be able to learn and impart to others. Is that how it worked for you? No. (laughs) It was kind of a... (laughs) It was a it was a Holy Spirit thing, and really kind of teaching some of the stuff that I've learned, um, mm-hmm. just in recovery in general. Uh, it, my heart, you know, colliding with with Jesus Christ was, was mm-hmm. a big part of it. You know, I mean that that His story, you know, that God loves me that much, and that God's story would intersect with mine. Um, mm was incredibly powerful and and there's you know in relationships there's always attitudes that come up and and i was i was really interested in in attitude from being in in sales being a a salesperson we have ups and downs and and it's a very emotional job and i talk about attitude a lot because you can be you know you can have a horrible day and it just makes you feel like just dirt, like nothing, like nothing else is, you know, nothing's going to change and your life is horrible. And, and, and some of these mm-hmm. same feelings I had in recovery. So it's kind mm-hmm. of, it's not that, that we're selling anything is my point. I guess it's just what my attitude would change how I felt and, and it could, you know, reexamine yeah. my situation and where I was at at, at any yeah. point in my life. Um, I could change my attitude, right? I mean, mm. and it's really more of a getting into scripture and understanding Jesus, and and at those points where I don't have the power to change my attitude or anything else, it's it's knowing that there is a God there that does love, me, that is yeah. there for me, that has yeah. me, you know, when I when when I'm struggling to believe it, when I'm struggling to get my 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 butt out of bed in the morning. Yeah, that he's there, you know, much less trying to change a, a very stubborn, um, unwanted behavior. Yeah. Um, you've been in recovery now for how long, Russ? Well, I guess on and off for uh, 25 years, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I've I've had a lot of work to do, man. I've when it was drugs and alcohol. I was more focused on the behavior, you know, stopping the behavior, and I, yeah. and I was pretty good at doing that, right? Yeah. And I still didn't get to some of the heart issues. Um, yeah. But uh, but I was able to to control my my intake of drugs and alcohol 
to the mm-hmm. point. Well, when I had the drug, when I had the alcohol overdose, I was probably a full fledged alcoholic at like fifteen, sixteen years old. Like I couldn't uh-huh. stop until I had drank that much to where it was kind of like inversion therapy, where they like yeah. lock you in a room and get you super drunk with a bunch of beers in the room, and you get a look at your deprived self. And that's pretty much where I was at. My whole stomach was an ulcer for about a year because I had yeah. drank so much hard alcohol, and I couldn't. You know, I, I just I, it just didn't sound good to me after that. I just didn't want to drink. Um, I, I still drink now. I drink a few beers and stuff like that. I'll drink a little hard alcohol. Um, but, you know, th- that kind of cured me of that. But as far yeah. as drugs were concerned, um, there was some temptation towards that. And But it was, it was really a, a behavior modification thing. Now, the sex stuff, the sex stuff was sticky, man. And I fought that for years and years and years, trying to use the same methods as drugs and alcohol. And it just, man, it just wasn't going away. It, it had to be a full-on collision with, with Jesus Christ. Yeah. On a, on a deep part level, you know. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he changes the equation, doesn't he, when he shows up? The, the yeah, fight's so not over. That... fight's not over, but it changes. Yes. I'm sorry, Aaron? Yeah, what did uh, that look like for you, This the full-on collision with Jesus? Well... A lot of it was, okay, I couldn't, like, God wouldn't take it from me, right? That was a thing. I was mm-hmm. angry at God. I started getting angry at God for this. Um, yeah. He didn't give it to me in the first place. I mean, that was one thing I had to learn. It wasn't him that, that delivered it to me. It was me that started worshiping this other thing that wasn't God. Um, but angry, I started getting angry towards Christians. I stopped going to church. I was out of, and I was just, I was at the point where I was a functional atheist. Now, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, a full-fledged atheist, so I always believed that there was a God. I just didn't think that he cared about me, right? Yeah. I, I, I kind of got to the point where I thought he was a, an evil kid with a you know magnifying glass and an ant farm. And that I had to really go at my relationship with God with that kind of with that kind of energy. Now, there was two pastors who were instrumental at Allen Creek Church in Marysville who were very patient with me. I mean, I was I would bring the Bible and tell them how this thing is full of crap, right? This is just lies and fairy tales. And, and they would say, okay, how, Russ? You tell me, right? And these guys had, they had grace and they had answers instead of anger and, and condemnation towards me, which was a total God thing, right? That, that, Jesus would use these two guys to to really engage me rather than condescend, you know, towards me yeah. or get frustrated with me. Uh, and, and it was it was a it was a pastor who said the same pastor who I had all these arguments with. He finally he finally it was it was kind of like he was a little frustrated and he said he said Russ you keep bringing these things to me like you think the gospel is something that you push in from the outside. He says, it's not something you push in from the outside, Russ. It's not that kind of religious workspace thing. He says, it starts inside your heart. And he put his finger right on my heart, man. And he said, it starts in your heart, and it works its way out from the inside. And that, that's what blew me away. That's what put my, my hamster on the wheel and my brain and my heart. And I, it, that changed my life. Yeah. And I was able to, to really, you know, start to to grasp this 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 God who who came into time and space on a rescue mission for jacked up, messed up, sinful, filthy, you know, pirate Russ Shaw. Mm-hmm. It, it, it melted my heart. How long ago was that? That was uh, 2003. I started in recovery with the sexual addiction. It, it you know. It was it was a rocky way. Um, I also had some uh, I had sexual abuse in my past. I was sexually abused at, at about six, and then at about nine on two different occasions by two different people. Um, it, it was there was some, I have some dark memories of that, and some of them are choppy, and I and I can't remember everything. But it, I had to I had to talk about that too, and I really didn't yeah. want to. And part of my being a man, you know, and part of my recovery from drugs and alcohol was. Part of my anthem, I'm not a victim, right? Like, I had this manly kind of 
they always hated the whole victim mentality. And, and there's that, you know, there are people that exploit their victimization. But there's, you know, there's that happened to me in my heart that I had to deal with, and I wasn't dealing with it. And that's part of why I was stuck. Um, mm-hmm. And I heard somebody else's story, and, and they were talking about that, you know. And that's the big lie that that you believe is that you you wanted that. Like I was a little kid, man. My my dick got hard. All right, that's what's going to happen if you're sexually aroused. But you your your heart and your spirit collide in that moment. Like something something exciting is happening. My heart is beating. This is this is cool. Uh, this feels good. And then in your spirit, something very dark is happening to me. Like this, this is not right. This is not good. Right. And that can really mess up a person from from the inside, you know. And it, and it, uh, you've got to, man. If you're if that's your story and you're listening today, it, it's so good to talk about it, man. Get some people around you that love you and and, and can meet you there. Because don't yeah. keep that stuff on the inside. It, it'll rot you from the inside out. I had a lot of bitterness, and I had a lot of anger, and I still do. But it's it's a lot better than it was seven, ten years ago, man. Yeah, and that, you know what, that, Russ, that is, and I, I'm sure you know now, that is such a confusing, that's probably the most confusing part for people that have been victims. Uh, yeah. When they don't. <laughs> They they can't accept that. Wow, I, I couldn't have been a victim because I was aroused by some part of this. And boy, walking through that is really hard to say. Okay, I, I wasn't in control, and and that that does take someone who knows how to walk you through that. That's right. To get help and to be able to talk through it. That's so important. Yeah. Also, you know. The kind of religious Christianity that's out there, um, that stuff that Nate talks about in his book, the, the kind of works-based stuff, like a lot of the stuff that the guy who sexually abused me said to me was repeated by the pastor. Like, if, don't talk about this because everyone's going to know how dirty you are, you know? And then you hear mm-hmm. sermons where oh, you got to be good and you got to be right, you got to keep your robe clean kind of thing, right? Well, my robe yeah. was, was dirty, and I knew that. I'm a kid sitting in Sunday school, and they're singing songs about, you know, how the sinners are, are going to be punished, and I'm sitting there, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, that, yeah. the, the gospel needs to be taught in a way that's not superficial, and it's not, you know, just you be a good person and look pretty on the surface. I mean, that is that is soul rot right there, that message. Yeah, we you know we just talked a few weeks ago to a a man who went through this for years of his childhood, and boy did it take decades for him to talk about it, and much of it was because of the Christian culture, and it it begs that question: How in the world does the Christian culture become the least safe person? For yeah. a wounded child to find healing and safety, Amen. and that's that has to change for a child to hear the message. This is not a safe place for you to come forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is just infuriating and must not be. Yeah. So we we have to make sure we do everything we can. This is not about dirty robes. This is about grace and healing and uh, bringing all of our hurts and all of our stuff to Jesus. Yeah, I'm I'm sure, Russ, that uh, your experience mirrors mine uh, in that your willingness now, I don't know how God maneuvered you into a place where you were willing to talk about this, but... He surely has, he has with me, the fact that you're talking about it as a Christian, um, talking about it in in the context of the gospel and allowing your brokenness to be the focal point of the gospel for yourself and for other people, that actually is uh, 
making the church a safer place, making you a safer person, and that's the reason why uh, people seek you out for help and guidance and coaching on this journey because you're willing to share your own struggle, right? Right. Thanks. Thanks for that too. You know, and and yeah, yeah. I I, I guess I mean, it's just I have a hard time with that sometimes. I mean, that's part of my brokenness too. I have a hard time taking praise. You know? uh, so. Mm-hmm. I, um, Thank you. It's yeah. not easy, but I guess it's just like the gospel means good news. You know, it, it really does. I mean, that's the definition of the gospel, right? Is is good news, and yeah. the fact that there is a creator of the universe and that He does love us. That yeah, there's a lot of messed up stuff in this world, and there's a lot of horror, and there's a lot of pain. But the things are the way they are, and and God did not leave us alone actually entered into yeah. to this place in time and space and, and I don't have to be the hero of the story because he is you know yeah. and, and I'm going to keep pointing to him and I'm going to keep uh, keep pointing to Jesus as long as I got breath in my lungs you know yeah. it ain't yeah. about me and it ain't about you know what I've done um, but but I thank God for, for well, you, you're right that there are people that that do have the courage to to proclaim the gospel, like yourself yeah. in, in your book, and 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 just Bondo today talking about that story. A lot of guys, man, we have those kind of interactions, and it, it, that's that's the good news. The Holy Spirit yeah. meets us and intersects with us and has a relationship with us. He's not distant. He's not far away. He does, he's not in love with some future version of us. He's in love with us <laughs> right now, broken, messed up us. Ah, uh, preach it. That's good. I love it. Nice. Um, now you you live in Seattle. Uh, yeah. And uh, connected with a church fellowship there. Have you yeah, got, I go to Barfield uh, Church in Seattle. Okay. And uh, tell us about the guys you run with. Well, I'm in a community group right now, and we, you know, our guys we hang and we have our wives and but we also kind of separate sometimes and us guys get to just talking about what's real and uh you know, honesty and, and it's kind of a it's a bible study but it's also you know I, I, our church is just kind of set up that way like we're not you know i mean we we one of my religious convictions and where i can tend to get self-righteous religious is when i see people come to our church who actually own a bible don't have tattoos and piercings Right, <laughs> I get nervous when I see people wearing like you know sharp clothes to church and stuff. Like, who are these guys? I'm way more comfortable with the, with the cat with tattoos and a and a nose ring, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of we're I'm an old guy in our church. I'm 45, and most of the guys in our church are, are young in their 20s and just starting families and and stuff like wow. that. It, so it just it's really cool and. And it gets pretty raw. We also do a thing called redemption groups at our church. Um, a pastor at our church, Nate, uh, Nate, I just got you in my head there. Uh, Mike Wilkerson wrote a book called Redemption, and, and it's it's kind of a group set up. And basically all of us are in a redemption story. I mean, and that's yeah. kind of the premise of it. And we're all wow. kind of like in, in the book of Exodus. You know, we're all exiting Egypt you know, because we don't want to be slaves, yet we don't entirely like the way that the, this, you know, freedom thing is working out, <laughs> right? So it's, it's really the gospel meeting people in a, in a in a group setting, and we do that for like eight weeks, and then, you know, it's 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 really awesome. It's it's beautiful, you know, the gospel coming and, and meet people right where they're at. I've seen heroin addicts. Um, we've we've dealt with meth addicts and and and. Just it's it's amazing the life change that's, that's come through, you know. Just making it about Jesus. I mean, a lot of churches miss the big E on the I chart. That's something our pastor says a lot. You know, like Jesus is the big E on the I chart. We we tend to kind of go down here on the little stuff to see if we can see that stuff, and we miss the we miss Jesus, and then that's really what it's about. It's all about Jesus, and you know our relationship with Him and our heart colliding with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, well I saw the Michael Wilson book. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. No, I was I was just wanting people to be able to get in touch with Russ and mm-hmm. listen to his podcast. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted to say that I did see the Mike Wilkerson book on uh, Russ's website. And uh, yeah. having, heard, having heard your endorsement of it, I want to pick up the copy and, the copy and uh, maybe talk to Mike in the future. Yeah, so tell yeah. us, how, how, can, how can our listeners uh, uh, find you? Uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you or, or to for your uh, podcast? Uh, the best way is through the website, which is asi247.org. Uh, and ASI okay. stands for Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. No, like yeah. ASI. Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, but also, you know, asi247. Oh! .org, right? Kind of a worship okay. thing, right? ASI, we do it all 24-7. We never stop worshiping. That's something that, that I was really convicted about as well. Not just something you do in church. <laughs> it's 24-7 all the time. <laughs> all right. Well, that's great. Well, Allie and I have just survived a harrowing trip through uh, Atlanta. Uh, oh, Allie says it was a piece of cake. She did a great job. That's where we're headed right over there. And I see Papacitos right uh uh, dead ahead. So, uh, Russ, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for making this a special episode of the Pirate Monk Radio Show. Thank uh, you so much I, for having me. All right. Um, and brothers, I think uh, I think we're about done, aren't we? We'd love to get uh, uh, messages, questions, challenges, exhortations uh, from our listeners. You can send us an email at samsonpodcast at gmail.com or at piratemonkradio at gmail.com. And please do uh, like our Facebook page. And if you listen to, if you access this show uh, through the, uh, through iTunes, if you get it as a podcast, do us a favor, will you? And rate it. The more ratings we get, uh, the more visibility we have. So uh, that's it, I believe, coming to the close of this episode. Until next week, uh, this is Nate Larkin saying so long for Aaron Mondo, our executive producer, Jake Spiegel. Allie is waving goodbye as well. We'll see you next week.
A flower of diamonds A ring of white gold A promise for life Until we are old Help for the strife And strength when we strain To seek in the present The wisdom of rain Let it fall And roll down your face Let it fall Like the lavishing of grace In your arms every sadness Refrain Surprised by the wisdom of rain Oh, 